the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 522 for June 12th, 2016. T-Mobile announces Uncarrier 11, new hardware from Samsung and Motorola, and using Do Not Disturb to handle blocking of unknown calls. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kappas. Brought to you each week by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 8 for $1.99. Kicking off the news this week, the Bluetooth Special Interest Group is getting ready to announce the next version of Bluetooth and its capabilities, according to a letter from Executive Director Mark Powell. The organization said Bluetooth 5 will be the name of the next Bluetooth specification. The updated spec will make significant improvements to the range of and speed of data transfer possible between devices. Bluetooth 5 will boost functionality and connectionless services such as location-based information or navigation. The spec also adds capability for advertising transmissions, which can be used by Bluetooth beacons to surface notifications about sales and other promotions to smartphone users when they come into range. Powell said full details of the spec will be revealed on June 16th. It's kind of nice we've got these updates in Bluetooth and they keep kind of improving it. And that's, uh, you know, of course, it's uh, necessary because we have more and more data transmission. And that's kind of what's uh, kind of the Achilles heel of Bluetooth is the range and the and the, the amount of data they can get through it. But it, it but of course, keeping its, you know, local kind of connection basis that it has. And it's interesting because obviously the. The, the average person is using it for streaming of music or uh, talking over the phone, um, you know, occasionally for transferring data, but most people don't are, are not transferring data with it. So it's interesting to see this, you know, this kind of focus on what this is going to mean for, for further advertising, which is not necessarily a consumer focus for what this technology is used for. Of course, that's that is a disappointing part of it. That's going to be part of the specification, but maybe that'll uh, give us the end user a little more control over it too. And it's you know it's one of those things where as a as a consumer, you obviously want to get information pushed to you that is relevant. Um, you use applications, you sign up for services to get that types of, that type of information, um, and to get unsolicited types of things pushed out to you is incredibly frustrating and annoying. And uh, I know a lot of people are just not interested in having that. So hopefully that this can be done in a way where it's not overly forceful and or uh, obtrusive in, in your life. Uh, and to that point, if it is, then people are just going to stop using Bluetooth or at least turn it off and not turn it on unless they need it. So, uh, And then it becomes effectively irrelevant. And so we'll see how that thing plays out. But generally, I think you know having further upgrades to the spec are a good thing. And we'll, uh, we'll watch as we see the announcements coming up here later this week. Twitter this week let millions of users know that the usernames and passwords uh, of millions may have been exposed in a recent data breach. The database in question was not maintained or operated by Twitter, but as many as 33 million account details were leaked out. Twitter says nefarious individuals may take advantage of the leak by testing the usernames and passwords against Twitter and other top websites in order to gain access to online accounts. Twitter is blocking all access to impacted accounts, forcing users to reset their passwords. Those whose accounts may be at risk have received an email from Twitter and will need to create a new password in order to access their account. Twitter recommends all people use two-factor authentication, strong and unique passwords, and password managers to increase account security. 
one of the stories I saw, it, it looked like this, uh, all of these username and passwords may have been collected by malware that was already, you know, that was residing on people's computers. And then when you log into what it sits there and watches for, you know, your bank login, your uh, social media logins, and your email logins, and then collects those username and passwords and then sends them up. So then the accounts can be compromised even further. So uh, that's possibly where all of these came from, but uh, it, it may or may not be true. And I guess as you you know, think about this, this type of issue. And I think about it as I read these and obviously have a password on Twitter that I feel is, uh, is, is relevant to using that service. But then I, it, it, it always makes me think about where do I have either similar passwords or the same password being used. And, uh, you know, I've tried to do a good job over time of, of not storing the same password, but you just, you know, that there's, you know, over, you, you didn't do it at one point where you're using the same types of passwords in different services. So you got to be very careful with this. Well, what the big issue with these sorts of uh, big username and password data breaches is that especially if you reuse the same password more than once ever, uh, once these databases get out there, what happens is when um, th th these lists of passwords then become the dictionary attacks for uh, brute force password uh, attacks. So then all of a sudden, the all of these passwords that everybody has then go into these big databases and they put them together to create massive databases of, of, of passwords that can, can then get into accounts, uh, either your banking accounts or any other online service that exists that may not necessarily be your password, but maybe since it's kind of a password that somebody uses, that other password may happen to be your password. And that's where it becomes kind of a, a database of passwords. And that's where it gets, uh, gets to be kind of um, bad when these big uh, leaks of databases get out. And it's it's interesting because they talk about don't use the common passwords that are out there. Obviously, the word password, you know, one, two, three, four, all those types of things. But um, to your point, a lot of people are not using the, the account password um, or password manager services to manage their accounts. And so as a result, um, you've got a lot of just generally generic things that are being used. And even if they're obscure, to Joey's point, uh, they are now, you know, put together in other groupings. And so even if you don't have something that is totally unique to you, uh, someone else may have had their password breached. And so that is where that issue comes into play. So yes, definitely one of those things to, uh, you know, to keep in mind as you are thinking about how you're setting your passwords on services to make something that is uh, definitely unique. And if you can at all use something that is never going to be guessed by one of these types of brute force attacks. Gartner's latest research on mobile, the mobile phone industry reveals a dire warning for all phone manufacturers. The firm believes that growth in smartphone sales will fall to the single digits in 2016, which is half the rate of 2015. Last year, for an example, LG made just 1.2 cents in profit for every phone that it sold. The issue is the same that it's always been, which is that almost everyone in the world who can afford a cell phone uh, already owns one, and people that own smartphones and want a smartphone are pretty much one and the same. So for years, China was held as the kind of group for companies that uh, were struggling to make profits across uh, the U.S. and Europe. That would be uh, the saving grace for them. But with the large population and the desire for smartphones waning, uh, the company is very saturated today, and local players such as Huawei and uh, Xiaomi uh, have now been selling devices almost at cost. And so it's really very difficult for anyone else to break into this market and or sell devices at the higher prices that they have. Also, another problem is that most people who are feeling the pinch of the various uh, issues around the world that have been occurring for the last 15 years, and also people are no longer upgrading on a 24-month upgrade cycle, instead are keeping their devices up to 30 months at a time 
Though Gartner says manufacturers aren't doing enough to woo customers into buying new devices either, technologies have become incremental rather than exponential, and there's little reason to rush out to buy a new device on launch day. Smartphones are something that you replace when they wear out, not when the most desirable one comes up for you. Well, not, uh, you know, not for the masses. I mean, you know, people like you and me, Mickey, yes, we want to go out and get the latest and greatest to an extent, but when the, the, the upgrades are very minimal, then we don't care. I mean, like the iPhone success. I mean, who, I don't care. You didn't run out and buy one right away. You kind of ended up uh, with a carrier change, but it's uh, one of those things where, you know, iPhones previous to that, you were, you know, in line waiting for the next iPhone. I mean, the day that it came out, it, uh, you know, it was a big deal. And, uh, you know, this is a, a, again, you know, we've kind of talked about this before, but what was really staggering in this story to me was the 1.2 cents in profit. And, and that, I mean, that doesn't make any sense, but it does because the, 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 of course the mindset of the company is, well, we need to compete. And the only way we compete is if we have a price that's similar to the iPhone, let's just say, uh, you know, we need this, you know, whatever price point that it may be, the, the $500 and, uh, we'll make this up on volume because our device will be great. People will buy it. But you, as we know, there's so many, you know, Android devices, I'll just use this for an example, out there that you can't make it up in volume because there's just, it, it's spread too thin. So, but then uh, to, to make matters worse, the consumer doesn't want to pay a lot of money for these devices. And then that keeps the innovation down. So there's no money for R&D. If you're making one 1.2 cents on a, a smartphone, there's no way it's going to be a exponential upgrade versus an incremental upgrade. It's just not possible. And, you know, everybody has to keep up with Apple and their, you know, large ability to invest in R&D and to create a nice device, uh, while other manufacturers have now kind of kept up with them. It's hurt all of their profits to try to do that. And it, it does make the market uh, more saturated, makes it more, uh, you know, where the, the updates aren't that big. And it's interesting because as we've talked about over the last probably three years, um, you know, we both upgraded to iPhone 5s. We both waited two years to upgrade to iPhone 6s. Um, the only reason I upgraded to my 6S is a result of uh, changing networks, although you are still sticking with your 6, um, and uh, I'm sure looking forward to the 7 coming out here later this year and, and potentially upgrading to that. You know, in, in my case, I, I when I made the switch, I, I switched over to one of the, the promo plans that was out there, and I realized something, that I am now in my ninth month of being with T-Mobile, uh, which means I'm halfway through my lease. So within the next nine months... I have to get a new phone. Once my lease is up, I have to turn it in and then I get a new phone. I have to either choose to keep paying um, or uh, on it or buy the phone outright. There's a payment that you make at the end of it. Uh, but this is, a, this is a true lease of the device. And so it is the, the way that this works is when the lease is up, you turn it in or you buy it with whatever the lump sum payment is, uh, which I guess could be the option as well. Uh, but I'm gonna have to make a decision here in nine months. And it's amazing to think um, because I feel like I just got the device that I'm going to have to make a decision here within the next nine months. It's crazy to me. That's weird. I didn't realize you were leasing the phone. I thought you were just doing the, the payment plan. Yeah, no, that's what they, it's called the jump on demand. Those are leasing programs and they're 18 months. Um, and I realized it this week, uh, in that, cause I went and happened to log into my account and I saw what the amount was and it was exactly half of what uh, the amount was when I first bought the phone. So, um, but yeah, there was a, um, the, the plan that they had when I signed up for it was, was kind of interesting in that you traded in a phone, got a huge credit, and then they pay all of your payments uh, for the lease. Now, um, you know, I, I, it, my, I was first when I had decided to do this, I was a little uh, wary of it because at the end of it, I didn't have a device that I could just take with me. But then I thought, 
well, what do I care? I won't actually want that device. What I'm going to want is to be able to give this device back and, and get a new device because obviously that's that's what you do with phones. And so um, it, it didn't really matter. But to that point, I, I'm not going to be able to keep this device for 30 months. And at some point here, uh, the promos are going to run out. I'm going to have to pay you know full price or at least a, the regular price for these devices. So, uh, But in the meantime, I got a good deal for this this couple year period. And uh, it's, it's obviously been working out really well. I've been very happy with it. But um, it is interesting as you look at uh, where you know where things are um, in in this profit world and, and how much money people are making or as in or not making as the case is in some uh, some regards. Um, it is it is interesting to, to to kind of think about where this is going to go over the next couple of years and, and really long term. This is why I think you're going to only see some of the major manufacturers really shining because the other folks they you just can't compete. No, and they're going to fade out. I mean, LG, if they're making that much, there's really not much of a business case to actually be in the smartphone market at all. And that's what will happen. They'll just start, you know, falling off. Kind of what we've seen with some of the Windows Mobile uh, and the Blackberries. And, you know, they've they've already fallen. So now some of these bigger Android, uh, you know, once the competition kind of um, uh, filters itself down, they'll, they'll start going away as well. And, and I don't know if it'll be the Huawei uh, that'll take over or if it'll just be Samsung or if they will get out of it. Uh, who knows what? will happen um you know someday apple will be out of the smartphone business someday because it, it just won't be worth it for them to be in it uh, obviously that's not uh, for an exceptionally long time but uh you, you never know how it's going to track yeah that's it you can't say never for really anybody i mean obviously you could have thought that about blackberry and uh, you know even and it was an, an interesting point that well, uh, motorola right I motorola, mean, they, yeah. I mean yes they're still in the business but it's i mean they were the they were the cell phone i mean that's the only thing you could get and and now they're kind of just uh you know what i don't even know what you'd call them a fourth or fifth tier player in the android market right at best and uh just to put this in perspective um, our president, Barack Obama, was a tech forward president in 2008 when he was elected into office with his BlackBerry. And think about what that means. The, 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 the guy that's currently sitting as our president, um, meaning he's less than eight years in office, um, was holding the most technologically advanced device at the time. And now the devices are, are not even made anymore, right? Or hardly at all. And so it's amazing to, to just kind of think about that, that amount of change and so if you say, well, yeah, iPhones will be around forever, you know, not so fast, right? If, if something were to happen, um, someone comes along, you never know, it all of a sudden can totally change uh, on a dime. Um, it, technology is amazing in that regard. So um, either way, very, uh, very interesting stats here on just how little some of these guys are making on their hardware. AT&T Monday announcing plans to extend its 5G testing across three more cities. They'll now continue testing in Austin, Texas, and also begin in Atlanta, Georgia, and Middleton, New Jersey, as well as San Ramon, California. AT&T says it's recently reached a milestone in testing, pushing speeds higher than 10 gigabits per second with partner Ericsson. AT&T's tests are all being performed in labs, so the company says its tests will be able to simulate real-world environments and scenarios. And AT&T can also uh, test how its 5G network may react at a sporting event where large numbers of customers may connect at the same time. Aside from the speed, latency is an important aspect of 5G. AT&T says its early latency tests are promising, though it declined to share any numbers. The company hopes its progress will help it contribute to the international 5G standard, which has yet to be defined. Lastly, AT&T has added a new partner in Nokia, a list of vendors that it's using helping it create the 5G spec. Nokia is specifically researching millimeter wave spectrum, uh, as well as beamforming and higher levels of throughput. 
The Merchant Consumer Exchange, uh, that was the current CMO payment service, will be shut down if from its current form later this month. Uh, they said we will be conducting our beta through June 28th, 2016. Uh, please stay tuned for how uh, new information on currency and our future plans will evolve. Last month, MCX delayed the national rollout of currency and said it planned to evaluate its future. Now, according to the MCX website, the organization has not yet determined the future for current C and we'll keep you posted, is what they said. Uh, none of the retailers supporting currency, including Walmart or Best Buy, have announced plans to support either uh, other of the other mobile payment systems that are out there currently being used by today's smartphones. Yeah, good riddance. Uh, and of course, you know, it was annoying that these companies have tried to do these alternate payment plans because all it does is dilute the potential market for, uh, you know, the bigger players to, to get together to create an NFC payment system that everybody will use. And this is where it's, uh, you know, it is frustrating for us, the, those of us who have been now using, you know, trying to use their NFC payments for years now. Well, and, and currency was going to be a platform and a standard only being used by a couple of different you know, guys out there, Walmart and Best Buy. Obviously, very big retailers, very important. Um, and I would imagine that they're going to jump on, you know, whether it's Apple Pay or uh, Android Pay, Google Pay, whatever it is, there's, there's going to be something that they, they adopt because it just doesn't make sense for them to be not using anything. Obviously, Walmart on their application, uh, you can make payments through, but you've got to store your card in there and pull up a barcode on the phone, et cetera. And it's just not as simple as double-clicking the home button or double-tapping the button on your watch to make the payment. So certainly it's uh, something that I think, uh, you know, these guys are going to be considering here and as, as they uh, decide and, and realize that it, currency is just not, no longer going to be an option, they're going to have to figure it out. T-Mobile on Monday unveiling Uncarrier 11, which included promotions that give thanks to customers. For example, T-Mobile mentioned T-Mobile Tuesdays, where customers can win free gifts every week, such as Domino's Pizza, Frosties from Wendy's, or movie tickets from Fandango. In order to score the promos, you need to download the T-Mobile Tuesdays application for either Android or iOS. Customers can participate in games to win prizes, such as private viewing parties or movies. Uh, T-Mobile calls T-Mobile Tuesdays, Tuesdays a major investment in its customers. They kicked off this past week on June 7th. The program does not require any fees, applications, or other hoops to jump through other than downloading the app. Also, T-Mobile is giving one full share of T-Mobile stock to account owners for free. Uh, CEO John Ledger says he wants customers to be invested in the company, and customers will be able to gain stock for every person that they recommend to come to T-Mobile. So T-Mobile will allow people to get up to 100 shares for free each year, and they'll be required to sign up for a brokerage account in order to get access to the free stock. Customers who, quote, gloat about their T-Mobile perks online via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook are eligible to earn even more. Finally, Uncarrier 11 allows T-Mobile customers to get one free hour of GoGo Wi-Fi and qualifying domestic flights, as well as unlimited in-flight messaging via iMessage, Google Hangouts, WhatsApp, and Viber. That's in addition to the free unlimited messaging that you get over text messaging, though, um, as we talked about this uh, back last, uh, I think it was January, it's not exactly perfect if you're someone who doesn't use text messaging a lot. Most of your messaging goes over iMessage. Either way, uh, the free hour of GoGo Wi-Fi will kick in uh, tomorrow, Monday, June 11th. All I have to say is it's such a strange uh, promotion. Uh, it looks like they've run out of actual service-based things to give customers. You know, like we've got the free you know, music, free uh, video streaming uh, without using your data bucket. Now they're giving you away weird free things. It's very strange. I, I, I have to admit this is the, the, the most unique marketing uh, uh, marketing plan I've seen. 
it seems like they should have just stopped this thing at 10 because, you know, I, obviously I, I do appreciate the, you know, the free one hour of Wi-Fi and, and will certainly use it if I ever happen to find myself on Google Flights. Um, that is my problem is that I oftentimes fly Southwest and that doesn't use GoGo. That's the, it's called, called the uh, proprietary Southwest Wi-Fi. But um, either way, it's, there's not a whole lot else that you can give away. I mean, I was thinking about it. Um, it was in the car a ton this week. Um, used multiple gigabytes of data as I was streaming music, and uh, it was it was actually pretty amazing because it was through some very rural parts of uh, Maryland and Delaware, and, and uh, everything was working as it should, pretty much perfectly. Um, with uh, you know just uh, I think two two very very small areas where things cut out for a little bit as the service dropped down to edge, but absolutely blown away by just how good T-Mobile was uh, in these areas, and it's 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 really true. Uh, you know the commercials this week came out if you haven't uh, been watching TV. Uh, the Can You Hear Me Now guy on Verizon is now over with Sprint, and he makes a very good point. He says, it's 2016, and every network is good. And that's very, very true that uh, every network is really a lot better than it used to be. Well, that's great. Uh, you're having good luck with T-Mobile out there. And, of course, my real question is, did you uh, did you get anything free? I heard their servers were kind of slammed this last Tuesday. And did you sign up for your free share of T-Mobile stock? I did not get anything free. I'm not really interested in free pizzas. Um, but Why not? Uh, free pizzas? Come on. I guess I would just rather not have the app on the phone um, <laughs> uh, or not take the time to download it. But uh, apparently there's, uh, yes, I, I did hear that as well. There was a lot of demand for this. And so obviously good, good for T-Mobile. And I've not set up um, my investment account yet, my brokerage account. So I've got to uh, figure that out at some point, see if it's even with one of the houses that I use. Otherwise, I probably won't do it because I don't need yet another investment account. <laughs> Also this week, Pebble adjusting its performance of its health application, introducing as well a new health app uh, and an update to Pebble devices. Uh, Pebble OS version 3.1.3 improves the accuracy of Pebble Health, which now accounts for movements during sleep and prevents them from uh, prevents fr- steps from being logged. Uh, the fitness graphs available in Pebble Health now include clear messages, and the apps added uh, add support for 24-hour military time. Pebble says that its new weather application can be powered or is powered now by the Weather Channel, and the info can be called up on demand whenever needed. It supplies the current temperature and conditions with high and low temps for the day and uh, following day's forecast as well. Pebble says Android and iPhone owners need to update their smartphone app to version 3.1.3. Uh, which will then install the new firmware on its on the smartwatch itself. The app is free to download from either the Google Play Store or iTunes App Store. Google on Wednesday said it has supplemented Project Fi's cellular coverage with the addition of U.S. Cellular. Project Fi already uses T-Mobile and Sprint for cellular connectivity and then automatically connects to the strongest signal. U.S. Cellular provides LTE service in 23 states, though mostly in the Midwest, which, which will uh, boost Project Fi's overall footprint. Google's claim that the dynamic network switching techniques provides customers with cellular connections 99% of the time when they're using their phones. Project Fi subscribers will begin to roam on U.S. cellular where coverage exists over the next coming weeks. In device news, Samsung on Monday announcing the Galaxy S7 Active. This is a semi-rugged version of its S7 flagship. The Active is a sturdier sturdier metal frame with rubber-coated corners to help protect it. The S7 Active is certified to mil-spec 810G, which means it can handle shock, vibration, fog, humidity, dirt, and temperature extremes. It also has an IP68 rating for protection against liquids. It can sit in a meter of water for up to 30 minutes. And like previous Active branded handsets from Samsung, it carries most over the features of the standard S7 and a Snapdragon 820 processor, 4 gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of storage, uh, memory cards, and a hardened shatter-resistant 5.1-inch quad HD screen. 
The S7 relies on the same 12 megapixel main camera from the S7, as well as the same five meg uh, user facing camera. It's got 15 LTE bands, a 4,000 milliamp hour battery. It's 33% larger than the S7. It supports adaptive fast charging in addition to wireless charging. It runs Android 6.0 Marshmallow and Samsung's TouchWiz user interface for customizations and applications. It hits AT&T's website and retail stores beginning on June 10th. It will cost $26.50 per month on the AT&T Next plan or $33.13 per month on the AT&T every, Next Every Year plan. Full retail price is $800. Kind of pricey, but it is neat to have basically, a, you know, a, a current flagship phone that's in a rugged version. I mean, this, it, I mean, that sounds pretty darn nice to be able to throw your uh, phone in water for a half hour. It's pretty, uh, it is pretty neat to have this choice available because most of the rugged ones we uh, read about are ones that are kind of, you know, mid-level, mid-range ones. I was watching a guy today, uh, which was at a pool and um, I, he was notable because he had a GoPro on his head as he was... <laughs> 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 I know it sounds <laughs> odd, but this is how I know how long he had been in the water because not many people go swimming in pools with GoPros on their head. And uh, anyway, so he goes in the water and he's he's doing his thing for a while, and all of a sudden he comes walking out holding a, a, his iPhone, just dripping water out of the bottom of it. Of course, he had left it in his pocket as he went for a swim, and I thought, ooh, you know, this would he, this would have been a good device for him. Something, and he wasn't even trying it. And I think he just knew it was totally dead at that point, but. Uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, hopefully the GoPro is still going because obviously that that's water resistant. But uh, certainly if you've got these ruggedized devices, it's a very, very fun thing to be able to take them and use them just about anywhere uh, and hose them off when you're done, even if they get stuff on them. And that, to that point, uh, I had the Apple Watch on me the entire time. I was in the ocean yesterday, was in a pool today. And uh, just no, no problems really with the, with the watch itself. Had a little sand in the, in the jog dial thing and you just run it underwater and move the dial back and forth and it fixes itself. No big deal. Pretty nice. I still have not even uh, ever gotten my Apple Watch wet yet other than just some uh, damp rain. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing just how good they, uh, you know, how good they can actually perform, um, you know, when you're doing those, these crazy types of activities. So um, I, I'd never take it off. It's just a, it's no big deal. Well, that's the way it really should be. Uh, that's the way it should be. You shouldn't be worried about uh, worried about it every moment because then that really kind of ruins its utility. Next up, Lenovo this week announcing the Fab 2 Pro, a smartphone for helping people capture virtual and augmented reality content. It builds on the foundation set by the first Project Tango tablet, but is a bit smaller and more refined. Uh, Lenovo designed the Fab 2 Pro in partnership with Google, which heads Project Tango. The device is a premium handset with an aluminum design and a 6.4-inch Quad HD display. The phone has four cameras, an 8-megapixel selfie camera, 16-megapixel main camera, a depth camera, and a motion tracking camera. Lenovo says the latter two are made to help create virtual augmented reality content. The phone in, uh, includes a Dolby Atmos Sound, which is able to capture audio with Dolby 5.1 for more immersive sound. The Fab 2 Pro includes a 4,000 milliamp hour battery with rapid charging. The Fab 2 Pro will be available in September at Best Buy stores for $499. Motorola on Thursday announcing two new smartphones, the Droid Z uh, and the Droid Force Z Force, both of which adopt the modular design which allows users to enhance them with attachable accessories. The phones are successors to last year's Turbo 2 and Max 2 handsets, take the same design language but add additional support for the Moto Mods modules. 
Unlike LG's G5, the features of the modules that insert into the bottom of the phone, um, on the Moto mods, you have the back of the Z-Droid and the Z-Droid Force to have these module, modules attaching magnetically. The others, uh, the, uh, this allows owners, that is, to swap the modules more easily without requiring device reboots. The first batch of modules includes a JBL SoundBoost stereo speaker, Moto InstaShare projector, and battery packs from Toomey and Kate Spade, New York. Motorola hopes other companies will make mods too. Motorola plans to make the SDK available to companies so they can design and develop their own mods in the Z-Droid line of phones. Shared features between the phones include the 5.5-inch Quad HD screens, Snapdragon 820 processors, fingerprint readers, 5-megapixel selfie cameras, USB-C ports, and water-repellent coatings. Uh, they run Android 6.0 Marshmallow. The Moto Z Droid is thin and light with an aluminum body, 13-megapixel camera, and a 2600 milliamp hour battery with rapid charging. On the Z Force Droid, you've got a hardier handset that makes use of second generation shatter shield technology for an unbreakable screen. Motorola says its new shatter shield tech is thinner, stronger, and has narrower edges. The Z Force improves the battery to 3,500 milliamp hours with rapid charging and bumps the camera to 21 megapixels. The Lenovo Z Droid and Z Droid Force will be exclusive to Verizon when they go on sale later this summer. Verizon said pre orders will kick off in July, but hasn't said exactly when the phones will reach stores. Moto said the two phones will eventually be sold unlocked in September. Consumers will be able to buy them directly from Motorola's website. One thing to note about the Z-Droid handsets, neither has a standard 3.5mm headphone jack. Instead, both adopted the USB-C standard for charging and audio output. Uh, when asked about the decision, Lenovo said the phones are, the, uh, are using the platform of the feature and the USB Type-C is defining that feature. The decision means that the phones are compatible with future Moto mods, for example, and other accessories the company creates down the road, but also noted that it could not have made the phones as thin or simple as they are with having the headphone jack included. This was purely a future-focused decision, said Lenovo, to ease the pain, though they've included a USB-C to 3.5mm dongle in the box. Yeah, this is interesting because this really, to me, leads credibility that we may not see a 3.5 millimeter analog headphone jack on a newer iPhone. I mean, we've heard a bunch of rumors of this, but of course, the iPhone is kind of a big deal because the iPhone still is an iPod in its heart. You know, it still has the same iTunes syncing functionality that everybody has known with an iPod since, what, 2001 or 2000 when they uh, were really released. And and that is kind of a big deal. Uh, and that's why we were kind of pay, paying attention to that so much. Uh, but this kind of led some credibility that if uh, one of the major manufacturers is dropping it, this may be something that's going away. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's, I think it's unfortunate, um, you know, for some people that are very accustomed to and familiar with and like using 3.5 millimeter, you know, headsets or headphones. Um, you know, I personally, if I can find a Bluetooth headphone set of headphones that I like, I, I would probably make the the switch over to using those. Um, you know, very quickly. I love the idea of not having a wired headphones on it, but uh, ultimately, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a while before I think a lot of people adopt that kind of thinking, and you're going to be seeing a lot of these dongles as people are, uh, you know, still using their older headphones here. But uh, either way, there's a lot of uh, a lot to like with using some of the newer standards and uh, moving away from the 3.5 millimeter jacks. 
Lenovo on Thursday also said uh, the company plans to make continue making its current lineup of handsets called the Moto X, Moto G, and Moto E. It believes that targeting the high, mid, and low-end segments to meet the varied needs uh, to different markets is necessary. Lenovo developed the new Moto Z phones based on the X, but the company said it will still carry the X series forward. Lenovo implied the next version of the X may include features found on many of the Z phones. In software news, Instagram updated its iOS application in a few, with a few important new features that will also improve picture sharing experiences. Instagram in version 8.2 enables shared extensions, which makes it possible to share photos to Instagram from within other applications. Before other extensions were enabled, iOS users had to share directly through the Instagram application. When posting photos to Instagram from the other apps, users can add a caption, but Instagram's filters and editing functions are not available. Instagram also recently changed how it manages users' feeds, so rather than displaying photos in chronological order, they're displayed via algorithms based on what Instagram believes are the most interesting uh, for people to see. Instagram is free to download from iTunes. And then on Tuesday, Google released an application for iPhones called Motion Stills. This takes advantage of Apple's live photos taken through the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus. Live photos can be shared with other Apple devices through Facebook, but not other social networks. With Motion Stills, Google uses its own video stabilization technology to freeze the background portions of live photos while allowing the subject slash foreground to move independently. The end result is a looping GIF that can be shared easily via most social media applications. The app also allows iPhone owners to merge looping GIFs into larger moving pictures. Motion stills is free to download from the App Store. So I don't have a 6S, so I don't have live photos. But however, uh, some of the pictures you send me, Mickey, do in fact have it. And uh, every once in a while, it's like, oh, that's kind of neat. But most of the time, it's just this blurry, jarry mess uh, other than the picture itself. And I can kind of see how you could use the back, you know, if you froze the background and made it, uh, made the subject the kind of thing that's wobbling around. It may work, but to me, it seems like such a rare case that would actually turn out that it seems uh, uh, kind of pointless. But however, I think the technology is really, really cool, though. That's the, the strange thing about it. It is, it is kind of funky and I, I don't, you know, use them a lot. I guess it's kind of fun. It's very novel and that's about the extent of it. I guess I would feel, you know, I I would feel more utility to it if you could go back in and choose a shot um, that was, you know, say a frame, you know, before or after, and then make a choice if the, if the picture that you took initially was just before or just after the one that you, you know, what you really wanted. But um, that is not exactly what they're doing here. So um, either way, it's um, it's nice to see that um, you know you've got these interesting things that have you know changed around, and obviously you know it's it's certainly interesting from a um, uh, you know what we can do with this type of technology type of standpoint. Next up, Snapchat on Tuesday began rolling out a new version of its mobile application for Android and iOS devices with a new look to the Stories and Discover sections. This allows users to see what's happened before tapping thanks to a new added photos and headlines section. The idea is to give content created by publishers more visibility within the application. Uh, when people complete viewing publishing publisher content in the Discover section, a quick swipe allows them to subscribe to updates which will then appear before below friends' stories. Lastly, tapping the navigation buttons at the bottom of the app will allow users to jump between screens more easily. Verizon said it will discontinue its $2.99 visual voicemail service starting on July 8th. 
with all customers using the visual voicemail application will be transitioned over to Verizon's free basic voicemail service. Verizon says customers won't lose their existing voicemails, but may need to make room in their voicemail inbox, as well as reset their voicemail greeting. A list of phones impacted by the change is significant, including old and new models from BlackBerry, Casio, HTC, Kyocera, LG, Motorola, Nokia, Pantech, and Samsung. Verizon did not say why it's discontinuing its visual voicemail service. Facebook, Facebook has made it possible for people to comment on photos, posts, and videos with videos of their own. Comments now support videos, links, photos, stickers, and emoji. Videos can be used as replies to posts made by people, groups, comments, uh, or company webpages and events. The video comment feature is available via the web, Android, and iOS users worldwide. Also from Facebook, notifications went out to people who, that actively privately synced photos from mobile phones to social networks and said that they will soon be deleted. Facebook allowed people to automatically backup photos from phones to its servers and store them for privately for a, uh, for a time. It is these collections that Facebook is targeting, not the photos that have been shared publicly in posts. Facebook wants people to use its fo moment photos management application uh, and change when people, uh, how, how they're using this. Facebook has already moved photos, users' photos to Moments, uh, but people who don't download the Moments application and log in before July 7th will lose access to whatever photos they had stored privately on Facebook. Alternatively, people who don't want to use Moments may download the images to their computer. Moments is free to download from the Google Play and iTunes app stores. And finally from Facebook, the social application this week made it possible for people to upload and view 360 degree imagery. The tool includes support for panorama style photos as well as full 360 degree photos from Photospheres. Uh, Facebook says it will call out 360 degree images with a little compass icon and users will be able to interact with them on both mobile devices as well as the web. People can view 360 degree photos through Samsung's Gear VR handset as well uh, and also Facebook has said a number of organizations are jumping into the mix here including NASA which have prepared 360 degree photos which will be made available to Facebook users soon. Facebook plans to update its Android and iOS applications in the next few days, which will include the ability to upload 360-degree photos. Facebook already uh, supports the 360-degree video. In uh, uh, comments this week, we've got the first one, a comment from Charles, and he says, uh, regarding blocking of unknown calls, I found another way that this works. The do not disturb feature built right into the iPhone. I'm trying it and it's working to block unknown calls, which I'm still receiving daily. I just turn it on and set it to only put calls through that come from my contacts. It's less intrusive and easier to manage than Google Voice. You can even control it from the quick actions panel at the bottom of the screen. But I just leave it on and it, and it screens out robocalls and other spam calls. If someone really wants to get in touch, they can just leave a voicemail as calls go straight through to voicemail. So if you have an iPhone, I think it's really a better solution as long as you're not getting lots of calls from people you don't know. I think that's what Apple intended when they introduced the feature as, and then enhance it to work when your phone is unlocked as well as locked. It's a little known and even underused, understood, uh, less understood gem in the settings menu. Thanks, love the show. I've missed very few episodes since I began listening almost 10 years ago. Charles. I, I don't know, Joey. It's a very interesting one here. Um, is this something that a lot of people do? I don't find a lot of people turning on Do Not Disturb. I think they just set it and have it turn on at night. No, absolutely. And I, I use Do Not Disturb at night. I was very happy to have this function because it did, it, it, it was sort of reminiscent of the BlackBerry functionality where you had the, the, the profile modes where you could set it in the, the dock at night and then it would go to quiet and, and basically kind of a Do Not Disturb-like 
uh, thing. But boy, I don't even remember uh, initially. I don't remember that Do Not Disturb actually had the contact list available for uh, receiving calls. I remember it only. Try, I, I, I may my memory may be wrong, but it was either everyone no calls or just favorites. And and I mean that's what I use is just the favorites. So just a couple of people could get a hold of me at night, but all contacts. I mean that's good too. And I don't remember that option being available. So that that does make. Uh, for a very interesting application of Do Not Disturb. And I mean, I think about that. How many people do you actually, how many calls do you actually answer um, from numbers that you don't know? It, it's very rare. Um, you know, the only, about the only time I do it is when I'm actually in a situation where I know I'm expecting a call, like you got furniture delivered or, or something like that. But, but generally, I'm, I'm, I, I don't ever have those calls ring through. Right. I usually try to Google the number before I answer it. Uh, it, it. You know, that's not always easy to do, that's for sure. But uh, that's what I usually try to do. But I do like my other notifications, of course. And then if you do not disturb, those uh, get shut off. So this could be, uh, it, 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 it's kind of a, a win-lose situation. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you're not getting text message notifications that come through, right? You're not getting um, emails, applications, all of that. So yeah, you have, uh, you've got you to address that. It is, but it is definitely a workaround. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and for someone who gets a lot of junk calls, this I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, maybe not for business purposes, if you happen to be someone who's using your phone uh, for business purposes. But um, either way, it's um, yeah, it certainly is an interesting thing. And Charles, we do appreciate you sending in the comment for us. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Send us email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com or give us a call 650 and we'll get whatever you have to say on a future show. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com.